It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Monday from D.C. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast is always free on demand. Special report tonight. I'm on the panel. Hope you can tune in. Fox News Channel around quarter to seven Eastern time. With me here in studio, Laura Osnes and her husband, Nate Johnson. And we're going to do a little Disney sing-along. So Laura actually co-created this touring concert series, Disney's Princess, where it was just a bunch of princess songs throughout the, the Disney years and the whole series of very famous many iconic songs and because of everything that we've been talking about this hour she really hasn't been a part of that recently which is such a shame for the audiences because she's so good (laughs) and i'm not even a huge disney person we do have a few people here at the show who are big into disney but some of these songs just bring me back to my childhood and some of the medleys i've seen of you on social media (laughs) on youtube they put a smile on my face. And so I just was hoping you'd be willing to maybe sample a couple songs. I would be honored. Okay. All right. So I put together a little list. Oh, and we'll, amazing. We're going to try to do this like somewhat rapid fire. Got it. So why don't we start with Part of Your World, Little Mermaid? Oh, I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those. What do you call them? Oh, Yes. That's my contribution, by the way, the singing. All right, so this one I didn't know, but you had mentioned that you love Tangled. Yes. And a song called I See the Light. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, And at last I see the light, and it's like the fog has lifted. And at last I see the light, and it's like the sky is new. Very pretty. pretty. That's a new one for me. You have to watch the movie. It's so good. It's one of Disney's best. You should will, have a viewing party. I, I'm in. Come Great. down to Tennessee. We'll watch Tangled together. You got it. There exactly. Go. What about Colors of the Wind, Pocahontas? Oh, let's see. Um, have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? It's a beautiful song. It is. It's a good one. One of my favorite Disney movies ever. It was the first movie I ever saw in the theater as a little kid living overseas. It was a big deal to go see an American movie living in Hong Kong. Beauty and the Beast. Opening number. (gasps) Belle. Oh, my gosh. You kind of look like central casting Belle as far as I'm concerned. So take it away, Belle. (laughs) Belle was like my childhood favorite, too. Let's see. um, Little town. It's a quiet village, every day like the one before. Little town full of little people waking up to say... Bonjour. Bonjour. And it makes sense, because I think we're the same age, so it would make sense that that, that was movie... The in, I love Mrs. Potts and the... You know, tale as old as time. Angela in that Lansbury. Whole... I mean, uh, legendary. Absolute legend. Okay, Aladdin. 
guys, you met Babe. during Aladdin. This is your moment. Uh, let's do a little A Whole New World. Okay. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. A hundred thousand your breath, things it gets to better. see. I'm like a shooting star. I've come so far. I can't go back to where I a used to be. World. Every turn a surprise. A new fantastic Every point moment of view. red letter. I'll, I'll chase, chase them, them anywhere. There's, There's time to spare. Let me share this whole new world with you. Oh. Right. I like have some goosebumps. It's amazing. It's very like m morning, midday. I was like, can I get some reverb on this mic? <laughs> this is just talk radio, ma'am. We are doing our best. Last but not least, can we impose upon you to do a little Let It Go? Oh my God. Okay, my favorite part of that song is the bridge. <laughs> okay, here we go. I got I to back up. My power flurries through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. And one shot crystallizes like an icy blast. I'm never going back. The past is in the past. Let it go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, this was really fun. Your story is amazing. You guys were such great sports to come in and talk about this. And I know it's not easy because it's been a hard time, but you're coming through the other side of it, which is fun, which is sort of a reference to the to EP. To the album, for sure. I feel like it's been a cool season of finding my voice in a whole new way, both uh, musically and artistically, as well as me, Laura, and my backbone and what I want to say and how I want to tell my story. And it's um, there's been so much growth. I feel like there's been um, so much fortitude and strength built from having to go through something hard. And um, I'm excited for people to get to hear it. So thank you. Nate Johnson, Laura Osnes. It's lauraosnes.com. Yes. People can find everything right there. And also you're all over social media. As I mentioned, I'm a new follower as well. Guys, thank you so much. This was great. Thank Guy, you, guys. Thank you. And that's all the time we have today. Same time, same place tomorrow for The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, free podcast every day. If you're listening on the broadcast, you can hear this fantastic bumper song by one of the queens of pop, quite frankly, an icon, a diva, and now a close personal friend of mine, Carly Rae Jepsen. Allow me to explain, since we've had the Jepsen Wars here on this show, with myself representing the side of all that is light and good, and producer Christine leading the evil side against Carly Rae Jepsen, we had our guests here in studio during the 5 o'clock hour, our happy hour yesterday, Laura and Nate. What an amazing interview, by the way. What a fun conversation, although some of it was pretty tough, what's happened to them. Broadway star, living the high life in New York, her career sort of at its peak. And then they lost everything because of COVID mandates and their refusal to just immediately go along Losing friends, losing jobs, just losing the whole life that they had. And now how they've moved out of the city and they're trying to restart. What an interesting conversation. Plus that Disney sing-along at the very end, something we don't typically do here on the show. If you missed it, please go back and listen on the free podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. We've got that whole hour posted, and we will replay it after the new year. 
on our January 2nd show as well, in case you missed it, because it was really interesting. I had dinner with them last night. So I did a special report. They took an Uber over to our neighborhood. We had dinner, and then after dinner we came back because they wanted to spend a little bit more time with Roy, our dog. And we were having a little bit of bourbon and hanging out, and Carly Rae Jepsen came up because it was on the playlist that we had in the background. We started talking about Carly Rae Jepsen, and it turns out that Laura was, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, the lead in Cinderella on Broadway. She was Cinderella when that show launched or relaunched in recent years. And she had her run as Cinderella on Broadway and then handed the baton as she was off to her next project, handed the baton to a brand new Cinderella and sort of mentored her and trained her up. And that new Cinderella on Broadway was Carly Rae Jepsen. And I then explained how we talk about this pop singer probably more than we should on the show. And she said, well, I'm like friends with her. Should I text her? I said, uh, is that even a question? Absolutely. So she texted Carly Rae Jepsen from my house. Carly Rae responded very politely, very lovely. And for that reason, I now consider Carly Rae Jepsen to be my close personal friend. Whether she is aware of that or not is immaterial. I'm just asserting it, and I feel like I have at least something to hang that claim on. So I just want to put that out there. I'm sure Christine is thrilled for me. But, Christine, I do want to instead turn our conversation to a quiz that was published in the Washington Post online about trying to decipher the lingo, the slang of Gen Z, the young folk, the youths of the American workforce. We have one here on our team, YY, Quiet Wyatt, who is 22 going on 72. So I was wondering if he would, in fact, pass the quiz. And he did. He does, I guess, interact with his own age group from time to time. So he was aware of some of this stuff. I also took the quiz for the purposes of science and this conversation. Christine, did you take the quiz? Um, <laughs> I started to, but I didn't understand the second question, so I just stopped. <laughs> you stopped the quiz? Yeah. I already got the first okay. one wrong. So I was like, and I didn't even understand the second one. I don't like Slack. Uh, sorry, bosses out there. I'm supposed to be using it. So I just gave up. Okay. So there were six questions. Wyatt scored a six out of six just as a baseline. He is in that generation, so that makes sense. I'm going to walk through these, and Christine, we're going to try to help you at least guess. And you said you already got number one wrong, which was your Gen Z colleague reacts to something with and then it's a skull emoji. What is this person likely conveying? Is it laughter, the end of life, destruction, or Halloween? What did you guess? I put end of life. Okay, and my answer was laughter. Like, I'm dead, this is funny. And I was correct, that's the correct answer. So you're 0 for 1, I'm 1 for 1. So I can just send a skeleton to my mom and that relays that Well, that no, I'm from la one laughing? boomer to... From one boomer to another, it's not going to make any sense. But, like, <laughs> that's the way they talk about it. The skull is, I'm dead because I'm laughing. It would probably disturb your mother, Judgy Joyce. Don't do that to her. Okay. We're talking about multiple generations younger than you, Christine. All right, so here's number two. You assign your Gen Z colleague a task on Slack, or let's just say on a text message. Let's make it easier for you. On a text message. And you end your sentence with a period. What is risky about this message so it's like you text Wyatt uh 
Clip that sound for guy, period. Why is that risky? Is it because Gen Z hates Slack, which is, I guess, part of the question here. It's the Slack conversation instead of a text. I'm just trying to make it easier for you. Number two, Gen Z only reads messages that arrive via email. Number three, Gen Z might interpret the period as a mere suggestion versus an assignment. Or the fourth option, Gen Z might interpret the period as a sign of anger or coldness. Okay, I'm actually going to go with that last one. Like maybe the period would make it That seem is correct. Like- and if we've had oh! that we've oh! had that conversation. We had a whole long home stretch about this, Christine, not long no, ago. No, we had a conversation about okay and k. We had okay, but there's also like periods and punctuation was part of it. Okay, so you got that one right. So you're Woo-hoo. one for two. Here's question 3. You say you're going to be quote out of pocket for a week. Your Gen Z colleague is confused. Why? Option one, they think your clothing is out of pockets. Option two, they assume you're lost. Option three, they think it's a warning you're going to be wild or crazy. Option four, they think you've run out of money. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't go out of pocket ever. I mean, you say I go airplane mode, but... Yeah, that's out of pocket. Okay, so th- maybe they assume you're lost? Incorrect. Incorrect. But you get game show sounds. <laughs> yep. Yep. To okay. illustrate whether you're getting the questions correct or incorrect. This was incorrect. The correct answer is they think it's a warning you're going to be wild or crazy. Uh, option three. And I did, in fact, get that one right as well. So I'm three for three. I will admit on this one, I had to guess. I eliminated two answers that I thought made no sense. And I guessed between the last two, I guessed correctly. I'm three for three. You're one for three. Okay. Uh, let's see. Question number four. You send an email to a Gen Z colleague asking the person to complete a task. You add a smiley face emoji at the end of your paragraph. Your Gen Z colleague becomes worried. Why? Number one, the colleague doesn't want any more work. Number two, the emoji makes your colleague think something is wrong. Number three, the emoji makes your colleague think you're happy that there's more work. And option four, your colleague hates emojis. I'm going to go with the first one. Your colleague doesn't want to work more. Oh, That's really? incorrect. Ooh, sorry, sorry. Wrong again. <laughs> what are you, one for four here? Uh, the correct answer is the emoji makes your colleague think something is wrong. Because apparently s- smiley face emojis are now like, they interpret that as passive aggressive bad, which also plays into our okay conversation that we had not long ago. So, oof. Yeah, this is this is a struggle bus situation here for Christine. One out of four. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the next two right. Okay. Question five. Your Gen Z colleague responds to something you said with a painting nails emoji, like a manicure type emoji. What is this person expressing? It's time for a manicure. <laughs> your colleague is suggesting sass, pettiness, or nonchalant confidence. Your colleague is extremely bored and has nothing to do. Your colleague's nails are chipped. All right, I'm going to eliminate the manicure and the nails chipped because that just seems like too easy. So now I'm down to nonchalant comp. Oh, I'm going to go with B because these Gen Zers, boy, do they got confidence. That's correct. (gasps) No way. Yes, the painting nails emoji is sort of like, hey, look at me. I'm doing something impressive, but it's kind of sarcastic. I've never used that. Do you? Uh, I actually have used it. I think I've used it maybe even in certain tweet contexts as well. Uh, All right, last question. You are two for five. Woohoo. 
So can you, can you pull this into a 50% failing grade as opposed to worse? This is the final question. Your Gen Z colleague responds to you with the word slay. What does this person likely mean? Go kill something. You got killed or beaten badly at something. Kudos, great job, or defeat the dragon. I'm about to do very well here. It's kudos, awesome job. Slay queen. <laughs> that's the only reason I knew it. <laughs> Three out of six. So that's fifty percent. Uh, no, Not that's bad. bad. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, but it was worse. You were on track to do what? Maybe a one out of six. So you pulled it out of the fire a little bit at the very end. Three out of six. I was not to brag too much. Six out of six. Really? Although I only I only knew five out of the six for sure. I am at least Gen Z adjacent as a millennial, which is you know obviously one of your uh, excuses that is fair. You know, you are an Xer or a boomer, depending on where you draw the line between those generations. So not too bad. Dan, had you taken this quiz and how did you do? Yeah, I took it just before we started. And unfortunately, I got four out of six. The out okay. of the out of pocket thing. I was like, yeah. that was a millennial. I mean, I was like, they, they're lost. That's I assume that I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand that one. That, that one was, again, a, a good guess on my part. And then the slack one, I just assumed they hated slack. So I did not uh. do well. They call they call it mid. Well, as I did, you as did better than Christine did. You're not dead last, true. so that's good. Oh, okay. So it was a tie for first place between myself and Wyatt, and then Dan coming in effectively second because we were tied for first, and then I would say third place, but really fourth place is producer Christine at three out of six, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are still somewhat baffled. You can take this segment on the podcast, send it via Slack or text, to one of your younger relatives, perhaps, with all of these emojis, a skull emoji, the painting nails emoji, a smiley emoji, and have them maybe walk you through this in more detail, if you're curious. And Christine, I don't know what to even offer you in terms of help here. I think Megan's maybe too young for this. So I think maybe just the state of confusion will remain the default here. I'm sorry. I'm actually going to give this quiz to Megan. Megan says Slay Queen all the time. So, um, I mean, I think you're right. She's probably a little too young. I'm actually proud of myself. I thought I was going to get zero out of six. So, this is a win for me. I'm mm -hmm. happy. Yeah, just like it's like when you did, what was it, Dry January last year? Mm -hmm. And you made it something like four or six days. And you said 11, that, that was impressive. 11. Oh, my god. You were goodness. like, this is such a success. Because you just redefine failure as success. And, I mean, I guess... If that's how you cope, if that's your coping mechanism, then, you know, you can take that up with Roy, your therapist, and we're out of time anyway. So you can report back. Let us know how Megan does on this. We'll be back here same time, same place on the radio program tomorrow. It is The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Slay. Home stretch. On the Guy Benson Show. Now, is this, is that Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers on the broadcast edition of the Guy Benson Show? A little Christmas action from that dynamic duo. Recommended by my friend Carolyn. What an excellent pull this time of year. Glad to have you here. It is the home stretch. GuyBensonShow.com, our website for the free podcast. So Quiet Wyatt sent us this story in our group chat yesterday. It's a Fox News lifestyle story. That says, dry January can work, yes, but beware boozy December. 
This according to experts. And, of course, dry January. We actually referenced it yesterday. It's something that a lot of people do, sort of like a detox after the holidays. There's a lot of partying and drinking and festivities. So in January, a lot of folks resolve not to drink alcohol for that month and just sort of reset for the new year. Christine attempted it either last year or the year before, made it not even close to halfway through the month, uh, and then started drinking again and then declared it a success, uh, which, of course, is, I think, defining down success. But this story seems to be saying that, okay, yeah, dry January is fine and good, but you still have to be careful about being overly bibulous, let's say, in a boozy December. And I have to say, I think that ship has kind of sailed. Given the number of parties, not just the party that we threw here and we talk about probably way too much here on the show, just company Christmas parties, friends throwing little soirees and events, cocktail hours, various organizations. I mean, it's just a time of the year where even if you don't typically plan on drinking very much, just cumulatively over the course of the month with the buildup to the holidays, the holidays themselves, and then a very booze-centric holiday at the very end, which is New Year's Eve, I mean, it'll get you. So it's probably good to be aware of that, but I'm also not saying like, oh, I'm going to really try to cut back on drinking in December. It's sort of like a futile fight, as far as I'm concerned. It's like the one month, really, of the year where it's like, all right, it is what it is. It's the holidays. You just sort of bake it into the cake, so to speak, for the most part. And, Christine, I wonder what you make of this, understanding that you won't do dry January, certainly not successfully, but boozy December, it's like almost what December was supposed to be all along. I don't care what the experts tell me. Um, Guy, I'm your producer, correct? That is correct. Okay, and I, every day, put a rundown together. Is that correct? All right, it's like a list of topics that we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. over the course of the show and the guests and the intros and links to things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the intros are good. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a little uh, little error earlier. That's okay. But, we worked um, through it. Could you please read to me the home stretch on the rundown? Yeah, it says uh, kicker topic. Dry January can Mm. work, yes, but beware a boozy December, according to experts. And you have the link to Fox News. You have a follow-up story that we might get to as a bullet point. And you do have, in all caps, bolded in parentheses, Cookie doesn't want to do this story. So with that being said, you surely can go to Wyatt and talk about his boozy December. I am trying to clean up my image. Are you? I, I am. <laughs> your image needs some. Was there something that perhaps happened that caused you to think that perhaps your image needs to be cleaned up? Like, I don't know, something that maybe your daughter said to you? So, well, I mean, I, I guess I could just go back and listen to Home Stretch for 2022 and realize maybe it's time to clean up or my 2021 act. or 2020. Thank you. 2019. Go on. Um, But my daughter asked me yesterday if I had any hobbies, and I had to think about it, and I said, I don't really think I do. And she goes, well, you love to clean, Mommy. Your favorite thing is to clean, and you love wine, so maybe those are your hobbies. (laughs) I mean, is she wrong? She's not wrong, but I had to explain to her, like, please don't go around saying that. And sometimes, you know, they actually are connected. They're related because 
after the wine, cleaning needs to happen. Do you ever drink wine while vacuuming and cleaning at the same time? No, very. I can imagine you listening to some, like, Nickelback, looking through your front windows at your Christmas inflatables with a giant holiday pour of wine and your latest, like, your seventh in a line of eight vacuum cleaners that you've purchased within the last two weeks. It seems like that's, like, your personal happy place. I mean, it's not a bad place to be. <laughs> that's actually. Well, no, she said something else too, right? Like some, some like parents of one of her classmates invited you over. Megan has a birthday party to attend on Saturday afternoon, and I said to her, um, "The parents actually invited us for cake and for a few drinks, you know, for a drink after you know they do the festivities with their family." And I said to Megan, "So when we pick you up, we'll probably come in, have a drink, and then we'll get going." And she looked at me. <laughs> that little sassy girl. She goes, a drink? Sure. <laughs> I love this because you then, you were telling us about this on the call earlier, the planning call, and you were like, that's too sassy. She shouldn't say that. You know, I, I think this is sort of a concern. I was like, yeah, definitely Megan's the problem. <laughs> yeah, she Megan is. noticing and saying this stuff, definitely the problem here. Uh, but I, I think that is pretty hilarious. And it also plays into something that I teased right before the break. Tonight is the Fox News Christmas party up in New York. And because I'm in D.C., I will not be attending, sadly. I can't make it. Seems like it's going to be a fun event. I've been at a few of them over the course of many years working at Fox at this point. I won't be at this one. You will be attending this one, Christine. And there was some question about how much you were going to be drinking. You said you were definitely not going to have. You ruled out vodka, or vodka as you call it. You ruled out red wine. seemed like you were leaving the door open to some other beverages or spirits. But there was a question, a debate among the team, how many drinks might you have? And I said you have a reputation to uphold in terms of having multiple drinks and maybe having some of our bosses sort of look on and chuckle and shake their heads. You seem to maybe be wanting to rehabilitate that image a little bit, but an open bar and a bunch of colleagues and some music in boozy December, that is a tricky combination for Cookie. It's so tough. It's just so tough. I want to just say, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to mingle. I'm going to have a drink, and then I'm going to head out. But that's just not what happens. (laughs) It really isn't. I'm going to try. Wyatt, do you think I can do it? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of wish I was there to, to chaperone you, but I think I think you could maybe do it, depending on how, how the night goes. But well, Christine, I, I believe in you. You remember, I don't, but you remember a couple of weeks ago we had a big event in New York with some of our partners and sponsors, and it was a very cool event. And they really made one of the TV studios look beautiful. It was a Fox News audio, Fox News radio event. And they had lovely past hors d'oeuvres and a sushi bar and an open bar as well. And I had not gone to the gym yet that day. So rather than drinking, I just abstained from drinking, did what I had to do in terms of my responsibilities at this lovely event, then went to the hotel, worked out, and then went and got dinner you said that you were going to have, like, maybe a drink or two and then go home. I find out the next day that it was well beyond that, and you, like, closed down the party at, like, the second or third bar 
with a bunch of colleagues, there were discussions or at least whispers of table dancing. You you deny that that was the case. Guy. But I feel like that's what maybe could be in the cards tonight. That might be in store tonight after the Christmas party. There was no table dancing, and I didn't shut a bar down. Well, you shut the party down. <laughs> I think you were like the last person there. That's very possible. Yeah. So that's sort of what I'm envisioning could very well be the case. I, I don't think so. I, I'm 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 really gonna try to change that a little bit. Okay. We'll see. Well, I mean, I'm not saying no drinks. And I think I just lost my chaperone. So I'm on my own here tonight. We'll see what happens. Oh, that's that's part of the problem, right? That is what kind of concerns me. Maybe we need to dispatch Wyatt up to New York at the last minute. Because adult supervision is needed. And we'll just find out what happened tomorrow. The problem is we don't have any eyewitnesses who are going to be at the party who work on the team who can fact check whatever you claim you did or did not do. Hmm. All right, well, we'll the, think about this. The entire Fela team is good. I don't think the Kill Me team is going to be there. It's a little too late oh, Jimmy at Fela. night. Jimmy Fela will be there with bells on it. Right, but that's it? not going to help you get an accurate description of what happened. That is a good point. That is, it's sort of like, you know, a bunch of hazy memories, perhaps. Let's put it that way. Not the most reliable crew. Not that they're dishonest, just like after it gets flowing a while. You know, Fox Across America starts drinking across America, and they bring Cookie along for the ride, and there's no Wyatt to bring things under control. Yeah, this thing could this thing could break bad. I guess we'll find out. Stay tuned. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place, on The Guy Benson Show. Have a fabulous evening. We will talk to you then. Home stretch on this Thursday. It's The Guy Benson Show, free podcast every day on demand. When the show is over... GuyBensonShow.com. Also catch me tonight on the panel with Brett Bayer and company on Special Report, coming up in the next hour on Fox News Channel. Well, we talked about it yesterday. Last night was the Christmas party at Fox News up in New York. I guess they had it at a bowling alley-type facility. I was down here in D.C., so I couldn't make it. And my understanding is the only Christmas party for the company this year is up in New York. So those of us down here, it's like, oh, well. Tough luck. We'll survive. But representing the team at the party in the Big Apple, of course, was producer Christine because it's a party, open bar. Of course, she's going to be there. And, Christine, your goal coming into last evening was no vodka, no red wine, keep things under control, and maybe avoid dancing on bars or tables hours into the evening. Was your mission successful? Mission accomplished. Now let's drop down the banner. I did such <laughs> a good job. <laughs> I, I got in there. I had a few beers. I think two, maybe three tops. Hang on. Was bowling available? Did you bowl? Bowling. So bowling was available. Uh, I did not bowl. I was not wearing the proper outfit for, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, for bowling per se. Uh, everybody, was, a lot of people were bowling, especially like the younger kids were definitely bowling. Um, you know, I felt, I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to be like, duh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I felt really old last night. Um, it Why? Had like a, it kind of had Aside like a Aside from club. like the usual reasons. I'm not that old, but well, we're not like a, we're not age shaming here. You just brought this up on your own spontaneously. So I'm trying to unpack this a little bit. See, I'm 
just playing your role again of unlicensed, uncompensated therapists, especially since Roy's on his way out soon because of an insurance conflict. But tell us how that makes you feel. It, it made me feel bad. It really did. And it made me feel aside like I from wanted old. to go home. <laughs> I wanted to go home. Like I no, it was they put on a very nice party. It was more of like a club type atmosphere I felt like. You know, like the food was like, you know, little sliders and little hot dogs and tater tots and it it looked like like the younger kids were definitely having a blast. I felt like I was sort of a chaperone of some sort there, which hmm. is shocking cuz who would ever pick me to be that? Uh, no one, um, but was there a thought maybe at some point you could, like, put on a backwards baseball cap and go up to the kids, as you call them, and say, greetings, fellow kids, I'm Cookie, and just try to fit in? No, no, there was no thought of that. There was no, like, rounding the kids up and be like, shots on Cookie, you know. Nope, there was none of that. Um, mm. I felt like a responsible adult. And then I left even before the party ended. The party ended at 10. I think I was out the door by 9. On the bus by 10. Party ended at 10. I think so. I don't know if everybody went out afterwards. Um, that was not me last night. No. Mm-mm. And so you had a total of, did you say two beers? I think, I think I was on my third, and then I think I actually dumped it to leave. Wow. You abandoned, abandoned one of your soldiers. <laughs> and you headed home. You said you missed your family. I did. I, you know, like, I don't really, I know it's crazy, but Bobby and I both work in radio and he has crazy hours. I don't get to see him much during the week. Sometimes I'll be on the phone with his mom and she'll tell me something about Bobby. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. She's like, do you not talk to him? Um, So I just wanted to go home. And, but no, it looked like a really nice time. I did say to the bosses that maybe we could bring back that Cipriani's party we had a few years ago. That seemed to be more on my uh, level. Do you remember oh, that one? So oh, you weren't there. You went, I wasn't, but you went to the bosses and asked them to upgrade the party? I sure did. I sure did. Uh, I was going to say, this was sounding like a new cookie, but that that sounds like the cookie we know and love right there. Like, eh, bowling, this is fine, but let's up our game next year. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have well, to. Well, as, as I, chief I happiness officer here at the company, apparently you felt like something needed to be said. I actually... I had a thought about this. I think I'm just going to have to start my own holiday party. I've never had like a big one before, like oh a hall boy. or something. But I think it's time for a cookie. In a hall? Like, yeah, like, a, like a, a, a space, not just like someone's home, you know? You're going to like rent out a venue now? Yeah, like I feel like I would definitely be good at like one of those, um, what is that, like the VFW Lodge or something like, what is that, what are those things? Yeah, you know, like a yeah. firehouse hall or... <laughs> a firehouse. <laughs> you know, they always have party halls. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. where my sister's Sweet 16 was. It was nice. <laughs> right, well, that sounds wonderful. I love that for you. Thank um, you. I'm busy. You will, you will I'm be busy. attending. You, no, I didn't, I didn't even give a date yet. Yeah, but, you know, it's such a difficult time of year. I've got a bunch of Christmas parties coming up this week, and I have to really pace myself. Hang on, before we move on, you said something briefly, something about your outfit not being appropriate oh. for bowling. Were you, I don't even want to know, but I kind of do. So I was wearing a nice turtleneck with a nice uh, red and black and stripes, like, you know, like a little plaid uh, skirt, like wool. What's, what's wrong with that in terms of bowling? Well, uh, it just didn't seem like the appropriate outfit for bowling. And then I'm not going to name names, but there is a, a major talent 
on the FBN side that walked up to me to say hello and then proceeded to tell me in front of other coworkers of mine that she loved my kilt. And then she just walked away. <laughs> well, I mean, did it look kind of like a kilt? No, I didn't think so. And I said, did she just say what I think she said? And some of our salespeople on our side were with us and like tears going down their face laughing. I'm like, did, did she just say <laughs> she liked my kilt? Well, it was a compliment. I mean, she was very lovely and very nice, but, um, you know, way to make me feel even older or stranger or already more out of place than I felt. Did you um, do a Danny Boy solo on your bagpipes? <laughs> There was no karaoke there, I may have. But I have to say, and I'm just going to put it th this out there, and I'm going to be honest, vodka would have made it better. That's all I'm going to say. You can judge me all you want. It just would have made it better. But I, I mean, knew better. We don't need permission to judge you, honestly. But <laughs> I think that this was good restraint. Yes. It was, after all, a Wednesday. It's not like this yes. was even a Thursday or a Friday night. It's sort of like midweek and... At a certain point, you don't need to go super hard every time, and I think it's good that you took a step back, got home at a reasonable hour, saw your family. These are good things. Now, why it wasn't there, Dan couldn't make it. You did bump into Maxie, your old oh, friend, our boy. old colleague. He was there. Yes, now, does he, he count was. as one of the kids, quote-unquote? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He w but he was hanging out with us. Like, Matt, I have to say, I'm so proud of Maxie. He looks all grown up now. And, of course, I had to embarrass him. He was with his friends from his show. And we were on the coat line, and I screamed down, Maxie. And he, he looked up right away, and he goes, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, he hears that in his nightmares. Uh, now, if I had been there, would I have been on the kids' side or on the olds' side? Or am I sort of... The line of demarcation. No, you would have been on the older side, I believe. You would have enjoyed the music, but I mean, there was some, you know, the talent was there. I think you would have hung out with them. Um, I'm not sure you would have been able to keep up with Jimmy Fela per se, uh, but drinks wise, yeah. Oh, obviously not. <laughs> no, Jim. Jim's a professional. All right, I'm not. I'm not messing with that. He knows what he's doing, and I would never be foolish enough to even try. But that was probably fun. Yes, yes. But, you know, Jimmy, he's all over the place. Everybody wants to come up to him and say hello and talk to him. You know, he's like the life of the party. Oh, he's um, a big personality, especially yes, with a couple he... pops in him. It's fun. <laughs> so, overall, very nice night. But, um, yeah, I think I have to create my own holiday party. Okay, so you can go ahead and brainstorm that. Maybe consult Bobby first. Oh, Maybe right. Maybe ask Judgy Joyce for some pointers. <laughs> and then you can get back to us. Now, before we go, I did talk in the tease right before the home stretch about this major announcement. It is not our major announcement. It was a major announcement that was flagged yesterday by former President Donald Trump. He had put out on social media, all caps, major announcement coming tomorrow. There was this cartoon figure of him with lasers coming out of its eyes, and people were trying to speculate what was coming. And I don't think we even got around to mentioning it on the show yesterday. However, we now have our answer, and before we get to the real answer, Christine, do you care to tell the audience, do you care to tell the class and share with the class what you thought he was going to do today in his major announcement, quote-unquote? Not really. I don't care to share it, no. I, actually, I, well, I don't really remember it, to be Oh, yes, honest. you do. Yes, you do. Wyatt, do you care to <sighs> remind us of what Christine was willing to make a bet over? Yesterday, about what the announcement was going to be from Trump? 
Possibly a VP pick? That's right. She thought that Donald Trump was going to (laughs) announce Carrie Lake specifically as his running mate today before (laughs) Christmas, like more than a year before Iowa. And I said, Trump has some strategic foibles and makes questionable decisions. Let's put it that way sometimes. But even he, I thought, would not go there. It would make absolutely no sense. It would look totally desperate. So I was willing to bet that that was not going to be the case. You were also willing to bet, and you were, of course, as is so often the case in our bets, incorrect and wrong Mm. on the losing side of the bet. Wyatt wasn't so sure about that, but his guess was Trump returning to Twitter, which at least made more sense given all the buzz around Elon. I felt like that was a plausible explanation of what was going to come. In fact, all those predictions were incorrect. It was something even sillier and more frivolous than we could have imagined Trump announced a brand new collectible line of trading cards of himself for purchase. So all caps, major announcement. There it is. You can get Donald Trump trading cards and trade them with your fellow MAGA friends to your heart's content if you would like to do that. And I know, Christine, you probably already rushed out and purchased uh, large quantities of this as stocking stuffers. Well, now you know what you and Wyatt got for Christmas. So thanks. (laughs) Oh, good. Can't wait. And in that same spirit, I would like to make a major announcement. The Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show will air between 3 and 6 p.m. tomorrow, as usual. Looking forward to it. Hope to have you here. In the meantime, catch me on Special Report tonight on the panel. And have a great evening. We will talk to you tomorrow. Home stretch. Happy Friday, Guy Benson Show. If you're listening on the broadcast, that is, of course, the iconic Golden Girls theme song. Thank you for being a friend. Even I know that as someone who hasn't ever watched the Golden Girls. Unlike producer Christine, who is a mega fan, and before we get to her story, let me remind you that the podcast here at this show, free every day, GuyBensonShow.com, bonus Benson on the weekends, that's coming up tomorrow and Sunday. Had to get that in, Christine, before we went full bore into Golden Girls, you went to some sort of Golden Girls-related activity session. I don't even know what to call it. Some themed party or Golden Girls experience. Explain what you did. It was called the Golden Girls Pop-Up Kitchen. Uh, I First of all, I am in shock, in shock that you have never watched at least one episode of the Golden I Girls. I know. You shame me occasionally for Ooh. this. And it's one of the rare occasions where I actually do feel a little bit guilty about something you're giving me a hard time for because it just seems like I am missing out a little bit on the Golden Girls. But the pop-up kitchen was where and what did this entail? So the pop-up kitchen was in New York City. It started last year in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles. And I tried to get tickets when I was out in L.A., but it didn't It didn't work out the timing. Um, so what they do is they find a space in these large cities. It was in L.A., now it's in New York, and I think they're heading to – Chicago and Miami, and they build kind of like an epic place for you to go have brunch, but like they build the kitchen of where the Golden Girls, you know, part of the set. They build the lanai. These are all things that are really super important to the fans. Um, And you can go and have breakfast, brunch, lunch there, which is brunch is what Bobby and I did. And we, quote unquote, sat in their lanai. And there's all this memorabilia of the Golden Girls, they have um, another, a bar that they went to called the Rusty Anchor, and it's just really cool because you're sitting amongst people that you know are have such a love. 
for the same thing that you do. So, you know, you get to talking with a lot of people. And the brunch is Golden Girls themed. Everything has an inside joke to it. And it was pretty cool. But I have to say, very expensive. So whoever thought of this and whoever's charging this amount of money for something like that, they're a genius because they're going to make money off of people like me. Was Um, it worth it? So to me, it was. uh, I don't know for a lot of people. Like my husband was like, oh, like cookie. We definitely could have spent our money elsewhere. But I mean. Were there any of the Golden Girls present? That's a joke, right? No. They're all dead. They're all dead? Yes. Oh, well, that's a shame. I did not know that. I know Betty White had died. Yeah, no, they're 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 all in that golden heaven up oh, in the sky. No. So they're they're all present in spirit. Yeah, I mean, think about it. They were in their seventies probably when the show aired and the show first started when in was 80, that? 84 to ninety two. Okay, yeah. So that does make sense. I guess I hadn't thought about it. This is how little I know about the show. I knew Betty White was in it. And she went to, what, almost 100, so that's an outlier. Okay, yeah, the, the math checks out. And I guess there's still a very strong fan base, including women of a certain age and gays. Let's be yes, clear. Yes, it, it, you're right. I think what happened was um, after it went off air, I mean, I had watched it as a child with my grandparents. Sometimes my mom and dad would send me over there on Saturday so they could go out. So I, I remember fondly watching it, you know, when it actually aired. But then later on, it started airing on the Lifetime Network and the Hallmark Channel, and like it just oh, yeah. took a life of its own. Oh, the syndicated reruns oh. is often where shows really take off, and mm-hmm. I think there's probably a strong nostalgia vibe going on there as well. So I'm glad that you had a nice time. You've been really eager to talk about that experience. We want to make sure that we got it in this week because it's already, what, it happened last weekend. So we wanted to keep the stories fresh here on the program. I did on the TV front. I did want to note, I saw this headline. There's a show called Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. And it stars, as you might have guessed, Stanley Tucci, famous actor. And he is just himself going around basically to each region of Italy and eating their food and talking to like mom and pop restaurant owners or famous chefs or people who are putting new spins on old classics And it is just a delightful show. He's 100% Italian on both sides. He speaks some Italian. He goes around. And I love it. I watch it on the airplane because United has it often among their offerings, like the in-flight entertainment stuff. And it just passes the time. It's mindless but lovely. It makes me hungry without fail. And it got me excited. We're supposed to be going to Italy next summer. And I'm, like, extra stoked for it. Now that I've been watching a lot of this show, it is the only, and this is with all due respect to people who are over there and they sometimes do some good stuff, but I do not seek out CNN programming really ever, except for this. This is a CNN original production. And I will say very well done, high-end, high-quality, very enjoyable. Well, CNN just canceled it. I guess they're doing a lot of cost-cutting there and a lot of changes and... One of the shows that got the axe is Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. So I guess they're going to try to keep producing it, but they're shopping it around to other outlets. And I hope someone picks it up, like Netflix or some sort of streaming service has to pick up this show because it's really good. Christine, I know you have not been to Italy, even though you are allegedly Italian in terms of your descent. 
Do you watch this show? Have you seen this show? I have never watched this show, but I am. I'm hoping there's going to be a place I could probably watch it. Correct. I think so. It used to be available on, I think, CNN Plus, RIP. Oh. So it's it's got to be somewhere. Maybe Wyatt can help you find it. Wyatt is a fan of this show. Yes, Guy. It's it's a very good show. I, I, I've watched basically all of season one before I went to Italy last year, and it's it's well well put together. It's, it's like Anthony Bourdain's show. Yes. The, yes. It's, it's a good. similar vibe, a little bit less edgy, of course, because it's not Bourdain. No one is Bourdain. But it's good, and just the warning, if you're going to watch it based on this recommendation, don't do it on an empty stomach because you're just torturing yourself. Oh, just the pastas and the meats and everything. It's, I find myself sitting on a plane in the sky somewhere over the country, and my mouth is literally salivating. Uh, and at best, I've got some like pretzels coming. So maybe it's something to watch while you're having a sumptuous meal or something like that. That's the only recommendation I would offer. And I hope that it keeps going because it's just like a charming little well-produced show that evidently will no longer be offered over at CNN. Finally, Christine, I had seen a couple tweets from people that I know strongly recommending a movie that's on Netflix called Prisoners or The Prisoners. It's one or the other. I think it's Prisoners. And it's got some pretty well-known actors in it. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a detective. Hugh Jackman is probably the main character, although it's quite a cast and a number of other actors that I recognized as well. And people said it was really well done, very intense, with a pretty dramatic ending. So I had seen just enough recommendations on social media for this movie, now available on Netflix. I was like, all right, fine. So Adam was tired. He went to bed. I decided to watch it. And it was extremely intense. It was not a pleasant film to watch. There was a pretty, I won't say shocking or totally twist ending, but it was a surprising, well-executed ending. And the premise is, on Thanksgiving, two families who live in the same neighborhood are having dinner together. Their two young daughters are out playing, and it's really foul weather, but they want to run around, and they just go missing, and people can't find them. And there's a few clues here or there. The families are going increasingly crazy and getting desperate trying to find their daughters, who have clearly been taken, and... Over the course of the film, you start to find out more details about some sinister stuff that's been happening for quite some time in this community. And Hugh Jackman and the other parents, but particularly Hugh Jackman's character, is doing everything within his power, legal and beyond, to try to get these girls back. And again, it is not just like a fun little romp for like a Saturday night, date night movie. It is dark the performances, though, are really, really good. I enjoyed it as sort of a gritty crime drama. That's up my alley. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that it might not be exactly a bullseye hit with Cookie. Christine, what would it take to get you to watch this movie? You couldn't pay me to watch this movie. I Movie. Guy, I have a nine-year-old little girl. What do you think... I know I'm a calm, easygoing, cool, and collected girl myself. (laughs) But what do you think this would do to me after I watched it? Well, because you watched the trailer, right? I did. And I texted you and I said, no You said even the trailer gave you anxiety. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend Prisoners 
to other listeners, but not you. Because I think you would probably freak out, have nightmares. You'd go around the house locking every door and window multiple times that night. And you might not allow your daughter, Megan, to leave the house for six to seven years. And I don't want to do that to her. Like, it's fine if you get a little bit traumatized watching a movie, but I just don't want you to overreact in a crazy way and punish her for this fictional, far-fetched, vanishingly rare type of thing happening to the girls in the movie. And I don't want to give any spoilers, by the way, but I don't want to do that to Megan. So I'm going to warn you not to watch it. But maybe, like, if you're off doing something, having a girl's night out, mama's juice or whatever, you're in bed early on airplane mode, any of those options, maybe Bobby would enjoy it, your husband. I don't know. I mean, he may have seen this already. I have no clue. But um, I'm not one to normally overreact to things, but I think after watching (laughs) this, I would. So, yes. You'd burn down your own house. Yes. You'd burn down your own house (laughs) just as a precaution. Like, well, if we don't have a house... And the apartment building's completely burned to the ground. No one can steal my child from the place that's ashes, right? That would be the very calm, cool, collected solution that might come to your mind. So let's just stay away from that. I know Dan watched it and liked it. Wyatt, have you seen it? I have not. All right. Maybe you should watch it and then see if you follow up on my recommendation to not watch it for Christine. (laughs) I just feel like, especially around Christmas time, there might be better options. Yeah, I mean, I've already had, don't you? Oh, I wasn't, you and I were not working together. Every day when I was pregnant, I thought I was going to be kidnapped. I thought people just wanted the baby inside of me. And I, it was a legit fear. Oh, I remember that, like, you ran into a disoriented, very elderly woman on the street who was trying to find her own house and ask for your help. And you went screaming for her to get away from you because you thought she was part of a kidnapping ring which is nuts, but that's what you did to that poor lady. So you actually have shared this little detail. This is not a new layer of the cookie onion being peeled back. It's just a a reminder of some of the dysfunction. Thank you. Happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays. And with that, we're out of time. We got to go. It's the weekend, y'all. Have a great time. Stay sane, stay safe, listen to Bonus Benson. Back here on Monday for new programming here on The Guy Benson Show. Merry Christmas. We will talk to you then. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.